I don't know. Maybe I should leave town or something. That's bullshit. What I don't understand is what all the strong-on business is about. Hey, nobody walks out on him. Nobody. That's why I've got to go. Fuck that. The only place you're going is to dinner with me. Jonathan, I don't think you understand. See, baby, they ain't any slaves anymore. No strong-arm punk is going to take you or make you stay where you don't want to be. You're going to dinner with me. Welcome to the Film Hole Podcast, a podcast about films, movies, pictures, and features, and the people that watch them. And that's us. I'm Trevor. And I'm Raul. I'm a filmmaker. And I'm a scientist. Every week we watch a movie. And then we talk about it. And this week, or last couple of weeks, we watched two movies, Black Dynamite and Black Shampoo. A black hairstylist has sex with his female customers and tries to keep the mafia from taking over his business. Black Dynamite is the greatest African-American action star of the 1970s when his only brother is killed by the man. It's up to him to find justice. So this is a pretty crazy synopsis. This is Blaxploitation Week. Blaxploitation Week. Yeah. Sound effects. I'm sure we there's got like a sound. A, we bought soundboard programs, so we didn't have a sound cue ready for like for that. Here, let's just. Uh... What do you got? I know what I'm looking for, but I don't know how to search for it. What? I'm, I just have to show you. I think I've almost got it. Nice. <laughs> That's the one that I wanted, really, is that punch. I wanted to do the, like, bam, like the like the, the Batman version where there's, like, a little music cue that goes with it. Uh-huh. But I can't figure out how to search for that. Yeah, I give up. I give up. It's Black Exploitation Week here at the film. It's Black Exploitation Week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was pretty good, actually. Do you want to talk about how we got here watching these movies? I'd love to talk about that. I don't remember exactly. Justin had sent me a clip of Black um, Dynamite, mm-hmm. which, for all you don't know, is a parody of the, the genre, which I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. If um, you've ever seen something like Undercover Brother, which is like my only... Uh, the only other thing that I like knew about this kind of genre beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's that kind of thing. But he sent me a clip of Black Dynamite, and uh, it was funny. And then you actually were watching Black Shampoo on some like independently, random, some random streaming streaming service. So right, because start... that's fun to do, like perusing through bottom of the barrel streaming services, like free streaming services. And just looking through their catalog, because Black Shampoo is not a famous movie at all. It's like on the lists of like black exploitation movies from the seventies, but it's like low on the notoriety list for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's how I found it, and I didn't know anything about like the genre. I didn't know what I was watching. Frankly, I was really confused. I'm like, what is this? 
and, Honestly, and I thought I might have like put on a porn movie, and I'm like on the Roku very... channel. Yeah. Did, was it like totally like explicit, like on the Roku, like channel? Yeah, yeah, unedited. It showed all the nudity and stuff. Uh huh. Huh. Oh yeah, and then some. Wow. And wow. then some. <laughs> There's more nudity on the Roku channel, actually. <laughs> they added it stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's I guess no. Maybe that was less interesting than it should have been, but basically, we just got really interested in this genre of movies. I think this kind of era of movies um, in general, like 70s action movies with like cheap effects and over the top storylines and just like really ridiculous stuff is something that uh, you and I kind of like enjoy. Totally. Anyways. Yeah. It's the over uh, the over topness of these things combined mm-hmm. with like how shitty they are. Uh, combined with like a vintage feel like it's this perfect venn diagram of things that i really eat up in movies Mm -hmm. and completely sincere Uh, like black shampoo a a completely sincere movie do you think people thought they were i well i think so i don't know man i feel like maybe you're right maybe the people that we see on camera are like that but my impression of the whole like black exploitation thing is that it's unabashedly a cash grab with just these like very basic ingredients thrown in it's like it's like what the fast and the furious movies are now but with like no money yeah yeah. they're just like here's some here's some basic like action and sex ingredients that we're going to toss in this movie and like that should convert into some cash we think Mm mm-hmm I, that, and I totally agree with that. What I meant is, like, uh, when we watch it, we enjoy it so much. Like, it has a lot of the it's so bad, it's good quality to it. Totally. And uh, back when they made it, I mean, I don't think that they were deluded and they, th- they thought they were making, like, masterpieces of film. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't... I, I think... You didn't think they were, like, aware that they were making garbage? Yeah. Okay. I that's what fair, do you think? I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's so long ago and so outside of any cultural context that I have that I have no idea. I think that's that's totally reasonable cuz like you also just back then you had like less exposure to movies. Mm-hmm. And so like we are are fucking assholes and we just like talk about like the real granular stuff about film and the nuances of it. And like back then, I don't even know if you would have the luxury of being like a an asshole film critic, because <laughs> you just couldn't watch as many movies. Uh-huh. You know, you had to go to the so you, theater. Or you like enjoyed whatever. everything you watched. You appreciated right. it. You're like, this is what a movie is by my experience. Yeah. You know. Do you want to get into it? Into that discussion or the movies? In, or? In, into the movies. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into something here. Whatever the next thing that you say, I'm gonna get into it. Uh, black shampoo. All right. So what's the what's the deal with this movie? I'm so this is the one. So I, I so the pairing this week was black shampoo, black dynamite. Black shampoo came out in the 70s. It's like the real deal. Black exploitation. Black dynamite parody came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. And so we we have a 
example of the real deal and then like something like making fun of it. I think it's very, very much so the real deal. Uh, maybe the people who know more about this shit would disagree, but I felt like because I had never heard of it and because it was so uh, not notable in those like lists that I just talked about, it, it mm-hmm. felt like a very genuine sample of whatever that genre is. For me, not having right. a lot of experience with it, it felt like this would be, this is a very good example because of how obscure it is. It was just a random sampling, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This wasn't me, and it wasn't even just like a sampling of like top 10 lists right. or anything. It right. You didn't, true... go- you, you didn't Google like best black exploitation movies. This was just, you stumbled nope. on it. I literally As... just opened my Roku app and scrolled for five minutes and found it. Which is a good, like, that's how you would watch that movie in real life in the 70s too, right? You'd just be like, huh, black shampoo, huh? And it's got a poster of uh, this, like, yoked out guy with, like, hot women all around him. You're like, yeah, I'll go watch Mm -hmm. that. It looks pretty good. It's a movie. It's a poster movie. You would go see it based on the poster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that explains all the sex appeal it has. But it's a great, do you want to go through the plot a little bit? Yes. So, what's the guy's name again? Uh, the, the Mr. Character? Jonathan, right? Uh-huh. Mr. Jonathan, which is not a last name, last time I checked. But that's <laughs> what they call him. His name's but Jonathan he, Knight. Jonathan Knight, yeah. But uh-huh. they call they call him Mr. Jonathan. Like, everybody in the movie calls him Mr. Jonathan. I don't oh. know if I heard the word Knight one time, to be honest. No, no. That's a surprise to me. But basically, he's uh, like the owner of a hair salon. Yep. Like a women's hair salon. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, he's like the coolest guy, you know, as cool as he could be. Yes. He's having sex with with women. Like the women are just like uh, losing their shit over him. They people come to the hair salon to have sex with this guy. Right. There's like no... There's like no, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Everybody knows what's up. Everybody who works in that place and who walks in there knows that like that guy's like fucking people in the in the back room. Right, right. And they're Except all except for like, the main character who doesn't seem to be aware that like the sex is like an <laughs> integral part of his business model. Like, because like what yeah. what it is is like that the women go in there and they go specifically to see him and they go to have sex with him. Right. And that's the exchange, like that's the value money exchange being given. But like, and then later on in the movie, and I thought that that was his understanding too. But then like later on in the movie, it becomes clear that that's not how he sees it at all. He like sees himself as like a legit hairdresser. So I'm not sure which way the movie is trying to make us think. Yeah, he kind of like is resistant to like the women at different parts. He's like, hey, I'm I just already trying. think we're, <laughs> I already think we're overanalyzing it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I like doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so there's this guy. He's cool. He's a lovemaking machine. Um, there's some scenes in the opening we can just skip over. But uh, the basic plot of the movie is, like, one of his, uh, like, desk workers. Yeah. Uh, like a cashier person. The, the new receptionist. receptionist. The new receptionist has, like, some connections to the mob. And, like, the mob people come looking for her. And they rough up the business and um black dynamite 
forms a romantic connection with this with the receptionist and it essentially it's just it's just that it's like them and the mafia battling it out yeah real quick aside i just want to mention this and then i'll talk about the movie i think a good like potential format for film hole would just be like finding very obscure trashy movies and then just like describing the plot (laughs) between you and i because people watch dumber things than that on twitch they do like if if we just like sit here and just like describe the plot of a movie that no one's ever seen i think that that would sell (laughs) (laughs) anyways yeah so the mob uh comes after his girl and they kidnap her and he has to go fight him and there's this big showdown and the the plot is we always say this in in film whole episodes but we're like yeah the plot isn't super complicated like it's pretty basic like i feel like that's in half of our episodes but this yeah. one like this movie it is it is actually that it is truly like the most basic paint by numbers thing you've ever seen right right i think that you said it was like porn like pretty early on in watching it you're just like the beats are the same as porn oh yeah yeah in that sense too i'm like yeah it's very sexually explicit in a lot of areas but overall like the acting the quality of the acting it's got kind of like that grainy 70s like film uh aesthetic so like like early porn um yeah the music the music's a big part of it too like kind of funky that's like the iconic like almost parody of itself uh right right porn porn music but i think like especially you know in those scenes where he's like he goes to that woman's house and there are those like two young girls like by the pool and like everybody in that scene is like naked at at a certain point and is just Uh trying to have sex with the main character and it it seems like every action is like motivated by like getting to the sex as quickly as possible like the sex and the nudity which is exactly how porn works right right Right. it's just like racing to the to the nudity just enough exposition for us to care or not care it's not not porn it is not not porn yeah that's a great way of (laughs) of looking at it (laughs) the alternate title of this movie um like uh not alternate but like it was also released with an alternative title so it's like also an official one i didn't know sex at the salon bingo there you go yeah there you go i mean that's that's all you need to know Hmm. but there's some great stuff in this movie i mean do you want to talk about like some of the funnier moments yeah there's uh I like how the trailer portrays basically the final chase scene is like the whole movie. And really that's it. There's less action in there that I want to be in the whole movie. But uh, in that final showdown, there's this part where he has, he has like a chainsaw or something, right? Uh Uh-huh. And he like throws it. He like throws it at a guy from like across the way and it like, stabs him like right through which is just a crazy a completely unnecessary moment i just used a chainsaw this last week 
and that chainsaws Seriously? can like if they can if they can cut through a goddamn tree then they i think they can cut through a goddamn person there's a whole movie series about chainsaws and how dangerous they are texas oh yeah chainsaw, yeah texas chainsaw massacre i think chainsaw is like a it's like a mess. it's a staple in uh, horror movies it's not really used as like a an effective weapon maybe unless you're in the the evil dead movies but it's more so like a horror weapon you know you wouldn't actually right. use a chainsaw unless you're fighting zombies or something uh-huh but this guy I mean, has that's a, that's a whole chainsaw. that's a whole tangent like the pros and cons of like chainsaw fighting yes i think it's just more carnage than you really need right i mean like compare the chainsaw it's, to something like a sword it's not an effective killing machine it's like a torture machine well, I, I think it'll kill somebody just fine but i think it's just like much more killing power than you need no no no, 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 no. it's got it's got more pain power than it's got killing power i think it's got plenty of killing power no compared to like a gun or like a sword uh-huh. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, same amount of killing power, like, it will kill you, but you just mm-hmm. don't need all that extra. Like, it, what sets it apart is its ability to create gore at a massive scale. Yes. Because instead of, like, cutting you cleanly like a blade, it's just like a, like an auger. I mean, literally, yeah. all, all a chainsaw is just an auger. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the killing, like, the killing power is about the same from all those things that I said. All we're talking about is just, like, penetrating the body somewhere it's not too hard to kill people a chainsaw can do that chainsaw will will get the job done there's this great uh good place you know that show the good place yeah yeah there's a great uh great quote from that um michael's character he's like these mortals or these like humans are so easy to kill they're just like full of juice and you just take the juice out and they die (laughs) (laughs) they're just full of juice you just take the juice out and so, like, you might have think that because there's a chainsaw in this movie that it would be, like, really gory. And maybe it would have been, but they apparently didn't have the budget for it. That's what I said like, when we were watching it. I was just, like, when he was started running around with that chainsaw, I'm like, we're going to figure out exactly how high the budget yeah, 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 is for yeah. this movie real soon. If he starts And then when that, when that first attack, like, he, he like, um, I think he just kind of, like, slashes somebody, like, across the torso of somebody with it. And we're like, oh boy, here we go. But all that happened is just that a red line appeared, like, as if he had been cut with, like, a sword, like a katana. Right. That was kind of the extent of it. And we're like, oh, okay. And there's this part where someone gets, like, run through with the chainsaw, I think, like, exit wound style. And uh, they're just, like, obviously, like, holding it, you know, like, under their arm, (laughs) like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when you're doing, like, a school play and you need to be stabbed. Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, not a not a huge budget. They did do something though, right? They did something that we liked that was gory, didn't they? Was it the final shot by any chance? The final scene? I don't remember. Because remember the I very think it was final dirt. scene was uh, Black Shampoo takes a pole or something and rams it through one of the bad guys. Oh, uh, okay. And then the the movie immediately ends. That's right. It ends right after that. Also in like good porn fashion. It's like I'm going to I'm just going to start <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just going to start referring to like porn logic as just like 
satisfying like the most base needs of the viewer. Uh-huh. Uh, but it doesn't have to be explicitly sex. But it's like, I'm here to watch this movie to see some violence, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, once the violence and the sex has concluded, like, I have, I have no, no more reason to be here anymore. anymore. Right. Which is exactly so a, how how you would watch porn. <laughs> let's take a beat on this on this ending again because it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, I like when we when the movie ended, like I was we were pretty excited about what had just happened. Yeah. So it was like we're in the final. We're in the climax of the movie. It's the mob versus black shampoo. Literally the climax. Yeah, climax of the movie, and uh, there's fighting that ensues and black dynamite uh stabs a guy with a pole goes right through his torso and you know essentially like wins the fight within 30 seconds the movie has ended right pole goes through the guy he takes the woman they have like a, a embracing kiss with one another and then they do this weird like kind of like a negative thing on the on the color like where it just yeah. like inverts the color, it does some yeah. effect, and then some weird An- Andy Warhol looking filter on the film. Yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, it's so. And, all and you said it. You're like, I did not. You're like, I did not expect this movie to end when it did. Like usually, you can tell when things are winding down. Right. Even when things even when things are primed to end kind of abruptly. I think you said this about like indie movies at some point. But you were like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty typical for an indie movie to sort of like cut at a place that's not uh, traditional. And I'm uh-huh. sure that I don't know, someone who's better at film can can say that for sure. But even then, you kind of like you have a sense for when that's going to happen. Like Squid in the Whale is a good example of that. Yeah, you're like, ooh, now would be a good like indie credit roll moment, which doesn't uh-huh. always involve like perfect uh, resolution of all of the story. But this was like different. This this uh, black shampoo ending was. It was like a jump scare. Just completely caught me off guard. A jump ending. A jump ending. Yeah. And and who knows why it was that way. I did. I did, I'm, I mean, my theory is just that. Because this movie is strictly a here's all of the things that you want in a movie. Like if you're just going to see a movie to watch some violence, sex, and I don't know, some third thing. Uh, once that's all concluded, once you've hit all of the right beats, there's no reason for you to want to stay in that theater any longer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just like the very pure reason it ends right there. Is it like people don't people don't care after this? Like, why would we bother putting more money into this? This feels like a good time to bring up Quentin Tarantino. Think so? Uh huh. Do you think that? Because uh, I'm trying to think back, but I wonder what you'll think. I'm trying to think back to all the ending of Quentin Tarantino movies. They don't really have like the the wind down section of the movie, where it's like climax and then it's five minutes of like aftermath and like settling down and then credit rolls yeah i don't feel like he does that very much at all and and he's no. a big uh, we should say we we watched one of his movies uh we'll talk about it a little bit too it, it's like his movie that's been that was uh, what was it called jackie, jackie brown. brown 
Jackie Brown, um, which apparently was his kind of homage to 70s movies in general and black exploitation specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because that was like the most serious movie that we watched out of all three. Yeah, that the, was Quentin Tar- movie. the Quentin Tarantino movie. But I feel like he kind of does the same thing of where like when the movie is ready to finish, he's not going to bore you with five minutes of boring stuff. Like I think Quentin Tarantino knows how to end a movie in a way that's very carnal. Yeah, he just kind of he just kind of gets there. I think that he's good at crafting uh, stories where you just kind of get dropped in. Anybody's like this, I guess. Anybody who's really good. But you can like just drop drop into the story and then it ends where it ends. And it it doesn't necessarily like affect you at all. Like you're right. just seeing you're just seeing like a slice of these characters' lives. But like, I guess a lot of good directors are like that. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, one other thing worth mentioning about Black Shampoo is all the the sound. Remember when the sound gave out? Yeah, that's right. Uh, did you finish Black Shampoo like on your own? No. Wait, when? Like when you were watching it the fr- first time. No, no. Okay, so you didn't experience that the first time. So I was not to, expecting that. To explain, uh, we were watching uh, Black Shampoo on this legit streaming service, I think. It seemed like as legit as it came for movies like this. But at some point during the movie, like the sound just like starts not matching what we're seeing on screen. There's like people who are like calling Mr. Jonathan's name and like Nothing is matching up with any lips moving on screen. Uh, Mr. Johnson's not even on screen at the moment. And then, like, that line, like, repeats itself several times. Right? There was also sections where there was just no audio, which I I think that's, like, what happened first when there was, like, a few prolonged seconds of nothing. Oh, yeah, that's right. We texted each other or we were talking. He said, like, uh, like, is the audio messed up right now? You know, uh-huh. And I said, like, I think that's this is on purpose, maybe. And then it was not on purpose, but it seemed like it was just the product of whatever that streaming service had. And I think that that's probably just how the archival mo- version of the movie is. I I, I'm sure that... if I looked up the Roku version that it would have it would be the same. Yes, yes, I agree, because I just I think we concluded that it's so low budget that like there probably wasn't a great copy of this film like saved anywhere mm-hmm. or that like they just fucked up like the very first time it was edited and no one ever fixed it because it just didn't have that much reach right right but and, and a so really it, a really strange thing to see because it's just on it's that is like the final movie did you see like that you can stream somewhere Right. Is this one that is like literally fucked up and broken. And so let me, ex- I want to describe this a little more just because of how ridiculous this oversight was on like the technical end. Like the, the movie itself has so many weird things to it. Like the ending being really abrupt, the acting being all weird. 
But here, this is something that's a little more on the technical end. There's a scene in the movie, it lasts maybe four or five minutes, where it seems like they lost the audio for it. So you have this movie file, you have the video, no audio. So what do they do? They take like a minute segment of audio from, it's still the same scene in the movie. It's this party scene, there's lots of voices, people talking and stuff. And they took Uh that and they just copied it into where they were losing audio. Yes, they filled in and, like all of the the blank space with just the same clip of audio that's from that same scene, and and so but, that's how you get the voices not matching with the mouths and like not even the same characters that are speaking are on the screen. What do you think the theory behind doing that is? Like, are were they just like, oh, this kind we're in a party scene and this is like someone talking at a party, and so maybe if we just fill out this section that will emulate just like people talking at a party the fix was worse than if they just had no audio there to begin with but i yes right i i agree but i i feel like i can get myself in the headspace of whoever was editing that they're just like we don't have any audio right here we need to fill this with something because we shot all this footage which is already and, like a, a kind of framing of where you're trying to trick somebody, like your boss. Where like, I have this job to do editing this movie, and I'm like missing the shit I need, but my yeah. boss says it needs to get done. What or if the I audience. Just... Like, or you're no, trying to like the audi- trick the audience. The audience, if you're paying any attention to the movie at all, it'll be clear something's not right. <laughs> and it's more confusing than anything, which is right. For the audience, I think it would just been better to keep it blank. Um as bad as that is to watch a movie for four minutes with no sound on. Well, I think that uh, it's pro- it was probably added like literally for that reason. Like if you produced this movie that has no sound in like a five to ten minute section of it. That like when you put that out to theaters, the, the theaters would like get confused when that sound part came on where they were just like something is wrong with this print of the movie and so they just needed to put something in there to emulate like to demonstrate that the movie wasn't fucked up it was just the edit or something that happened on the production side yeah that's true the audience would get unruly and like upset if they were asked to sit there for a lot of minutes but i guess the solution kind of works because instead of being upset at having no audio they are confused for several minutes about what's going on. And so we're like very entertained like we were. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It was a good move. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is the same audio like over and over again. Mr. Johnson. It was like a a joke that we had made in the chat. We just like kept writing like Mr. Jonathan, like in the chat. Yeah. So I like that's, that's the level of movie we're talking about here. I, I, the official version of this, like I can't even recommend that you go watch this movie because it's not even complete. Um, <laughs> that's how gold this movie is. I love it for that reason. It all goes, yeah, it all goes towards its benefit. Anything else about this movie? I, I think we should move on. Um, is there anything oh else really quick crazy? i just i just want to shout out the one of the main side characters is this um gay hairdresser yeah who in the way that he is gay 
it's not very cool that he's on the movie. I feel like he's sort of, I don't know, the movie thinks he's funny because he's gay. Uh-huh. But one thing that it's is legitimately legitimately funny about him is that he gets beat up at a certain point in the movie and he has this neck brace that gets put on and put on him as a result and he wears an ascot on the outside of the neck brace for the whole movie Uh and it's a great look it's It's just like a real it's a really funny like visual gag just i have to wear this ascot so it's gonna go on yeah yeah and it's, I mean, it's like the thickest neck brace ever, and it's a perfect cylinder. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that scarf thing, that ascot, it's just a perfectly covering this like cylindrical thing. And it's, yeah. it's, I guess it's there to kind of cover it up a little bit, but it's also not covering up anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Not at all. Um, it's pretty funny. very good visual comedy. And I don't even know if they were aware of how funny that was when they did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to like rate them? I feel like we should just rate the movie. Yeah, let's rate this movie. I'm going to give this movie because this isn't just your uh, grandma's movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's something different. Uh, So I'm going to rate it. Not based on its merit, but just how much fun I had. And I think it, it deserves a very pure look and pure perspective. So I'm going to give this movie a nine, uh, 9.5 black phallic hair dryers out of 10. I, I think that's totally fair. Um, it's not your grandma's movie, that's for sure. But <laughs> on just pure watchability, it's outstanding. Outstanding to watch. Mm-hmm. It's also closer to found footage than a real movie. Yeah, we said something about this yeah. because you know, like what found footage is, it's just like like you know, but like found footage is just the idea of like um like somebody found a VHS in like somebody's attic uh from the 90s and it's just like random footage, you know, found footage. It's not right. mainstream, it's not released or anything. This feels closer to that than a real movie, although it is a real movie. Yeah, but because of how low budget it is, there's like uh, obviously some real people and stuff in it. So there's yeah. this part where he's like driving around Miami, wherever he is, uh, where there's clearly like real people like in the frame. There's no way that they're they're extras in this movie, based oh, on the right, budget. Right based on the budget alone and there's where he's like driving uh-huh. around in this convertible and he goes up to some restaurant and everybody is like looking right, at him right. and the the convertible and it's so like on the nose that that's exactly how some real people would react uh, no doubt about it they're real people yeah. you know yeah. um when, when you watch it but they all look like 70s people right so it it's more of a time capsule than it is like a theatrical portrayal of that time yeah yeah and for that reason and more i'm gonna give this movie the exact same score 9.5 um uh you know hair appointments out of 10 i don't know hair appointments that's pretty good but with sex that's not a very like physical thing but it is a noun it is a noun. 
an appointment. I like that. I'm giving this 10 out of 10 appointments. It's kind of like, a, it just reminded me of Idiocracy. Like, you remember, like, in that movie, like, all businesses, like, half the businesses are just fronts for prostitution. Or not even fronts. It's just, like, that's what the businesses have evolved into. Like, Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, hair appointments. It's, like, that's just another another uh, sex workplace. Yeah. All I right. forgot about that. All right, that's Black Shampoo. That's Black Shampoo. Okay, so, and Black Dynamite, I mean, just right off the tails of that is a movie that came out just 10 years ago and it's um paying homage to these crazy movies that came out in the 70s yeah and the pacing is a lot faster it's definitely a lot more watchable better production value um the acting is better they're they're purposely doing bad acting but it's like everything's just cleaner it's a it's a spoof yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting to decide to spoof a genre that is already crazy and ridiculous right right it's like you're kind of like walking the line of what's even funny because like the the base uh the source material is already in a league and in comedy field of its own Uh uh-huh so like trying to spoof that almost doesn't seem like it seems like a thankless task right or yeah 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 or like you wouldn't it's almost not even a a parody movie because there's not enough of it to differentiate it from the source material already right but that movie was pretty funny i mean that it was definitely like a lot more laughs per minute than black shampoo yes because you know it just throws caution to the wind and it's just about like doing as much references as much funny stuff as possible yeah i think that i i said this when we were voice chatting that uh it just does not let up on the jokes yeah like you don't even have time to breathe it's like one of those it's it's like too much almost mm-hmm. like i there's no way i can catch every single joke because the script like just doesn't let up mm-hmm. for a single paragraph right right which is very typical of those times. 2008? Yeah, it feels very much of its time. Which is weird because growing up, I was just like, oh, this is just like wacky, spoofy comedy. But uh-huh. it now, now, it, now it feels like it has a place in time. Yeah, it, now like 10, 12, 13 years removed from it, it starts like having a form, a shape to it that's recognizably 2000s. Right. Yeah, right. Same thing Idiocracy is, really. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's the same type of movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what much to say about that movie, other than it's just, it's just funny the whole way through. The guy is, like, in much better shape than the black shampoo guy. And yeah. I feel like that's just because Hollywood cha- Hollywood standards changed. That's mm-hmm. it. This movie was ten years he, ago. That other movie was however many. He's like this guy that does all his own stunts, and so. Oh, notably, he he's up. the guy. He's the guy who plays Spawn. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And he looks great because Spawn was like in the nineties. And so yeah, this was much later, but yeah, mm-hmm. man, he's got good, good body. Um, yeah, let's talk more about how hot not, this guy is. 
Yeah, I stand behind that. Yeah, great body, amazing action. You know, like you see him on camera. He's just doing all this crazy stunts, and it's amazing. He uses some uh, nunchucks that are. It's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And you you pointed it out. You were like, "This must be real because everything like happens. It's like a Hong Kong style. Like everything's in one shot in one take. Uh-huh. So he's just like." whipping these guys with these nunchucks there's like no cuts clearly uh-huh. him doing it just makes, makes it so much cooler. watch uh so much cooler we should get into some like old kung fu movies martial arts hell movies. yes dude hell yes maybe like some bruce lee stuff yes which i oh guess we should say is, is like uh very obviously a huge um uh, influence, influence on, on on this genre right yeah yeah Kung Fu is like starting to get really big around this time. Uh huh. In just movies in general, martial arts and movies, because of probably dudes like Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. And so the action was fantastic. I, I we did. It's been a little while since we watched it, but I, I'm trying to recall if there's any like good notable scenes. I mean, there were plenty, but I, I just can't conjure them up right now. There's a great scene at the end, like the final fight with. Uh, with nixon that's right or an, uh, an analog to nixon but yeah no, it was straight up president. nixon wasn't it i guess so yeah 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 it probably was just nixon i mean it wasn't a great it, it wasn't like a very good nixon impersonation it was like a very cartoonish one but it was yeah it was like a physical showdown like they fought with nunchucks, at the white house right yeah. yeah at the white house a real like Rick and Morty kind of duel. I love I love in movies, and it's usually just in like ridiculous formats. Because I've I've seen this, I've seen Rick and Morty, and then there's like an Office episode where like the final boss is like the president of the United States, which doesn't make any sense, right? It's not has nothing to do with reality. But I love that as a as a bullet point in the story. It's like you have to fight the president. That's some kid logic right there. Mm-hmm. That's like Dragon Ball Z logic. Like, of course you would fight the head guy at the end. Right. Of course the boss battle is going to be the head guy. Head guy right. is the president. The dude in charge is always the strongest. Right. And if you beat him, yeah. you become president. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's crazy that. in that scene, Nixon. He's like a mad dog of a martial artist. He's like yeah, yelling yeah. and like breaking stuff. He's actually powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not just like a... I don't know. But you wouldn't expect the president to have any sort of skill that he would like... Right, right. Rely on something else like guns or... I don't know. But he's like a total like badass martial artist. Right. And so under the logic of where like you would have to fight the president, like you have to fight the head guy... Um, uh-huh. Um, under that logic, like of course, the head guy is also an amazing fighter. Like it all makes right. sense. I've got something to bring up that I really like about this movie. It's kind of a lore re- related thing. Uh, I love that there's just a faction of characters that are all pimps, and they're like their own type of character. Uh huh. Like they're like elves in like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a faction. Yeah. 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 There's this, like, 
society of pimps that all like look and sound the same mm-hmm. but all have their own little unique things yeah very colorful clothing and stuff like that and they they're like because it's an action movie they like function as like an action sort of b squad of characters they're just like oh the pimps all have their like special fighting styles you know which incorporates mm-hmm. like canes and stuff yeah i love that very i love just movie. like a- imagining just these little subcultures as a like a group of fighters yeah i mean i guess that that's probably in like every like mortal Kombat style game ever made right right it's just you need like, to go oh, to the... each individual faction fight their leader earn their respect and then it's they like join this cause right yeah i guess that's i'm not describing anything unique it's just like in a uh, mortal Kombat, it's like oh this guy's like a He's like a break dancer, but he's also a martial artist. It's yeah. just like you can ins- insert literally anything in that first module. Right. I guess it's the way they make like Street Fighter characters. Right? If you're playing a Street Fighter, there's like here's like the military character, but he's a right. fighter. Right. This guy's that a mechanic, one, that one but make... he also fights. <laughs> the first one you said makes made sense. This guy's the cowboy fighter. This is also how like real fighters work. <laughs> right <laughs> like in a uh, mma they? they all have like nicknames like there's one guy who's uh-huh. literally his nickname is like cowboy <laughs> <laughs> so they it's put like, on is... they have personas too yeah yeah not like at a cartoonish level but like maybe the cowboys from texas or something right yeah mm. got it oh <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound mean? That sound means it's time to uh, pump our gas. What's pumping our gas? What is pumping your what, gas? What do you got? No, no, no. I, I, I did the thing. You tell me what's oh, pumping man. your gas. <laughs> Raul is just looking around the room. I, yeah, I was like literally <laughs> just looking to see what's around me. You're like, where is the, where is the joy in my life coming from? <laughs> it's like a real memento moment where I just like, uh, hey, so what's been going on with you? What have you been up to lately? And I'm like, uh, well, uh, and then I'm just like piecing it together <laughs> in the moment. Not much new on t- in terms of like media stuff, really. Really? No, not really. You haven't been watching anything? Nothing that I've told you. Read about. anything? Played any video games? I picked up uh, Gravity's Rainbow, which is like supposed to be a very hard to read, like esoteric, dense, postmodernist novel by the same guy that wrote Inherent Vice, Thomas Pykin. Pykin. Okay. Pynchon. Pynchon. And. Uh, it's a real trip of book. It's really, really hard to understand. Like, no grammar. Similar. Like, the, it, it already, like, it breaks down, like, the rules of grammar. Like, it'll have, like, Whoa. a sentence that's, okay. like, a whole page. And, um, like, it'll start. And then maybe it'll have, like, an M dash. You know, like, dashes can, like, be used in sentences. And then, like, it'll maybe it'll go on for a while, comma, something. Maybe a parentheses opens up. And then that'll, like, drag on for a while. And, I don't even uh, understand how something like that gets across like 
I guess you have to be a real established author for something like that to work. Right, right. You'd like give this to the publishing company and they'd be like, this is like full of typos. Can you like, imagine book, the editor? This book doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't have typos. Like, uh, so uh, they obviously, um, as far as I can tell, so they must have gotten an editor in there to help with something. But like, that must have been the hardest job ever because they're like, because it's... these sentences don't even end. Right. Because it's pur- purposely grammatically incorrect. Right. So had, um, it's. I guess at that like point, a... you're just doing a spell check, right? Because if yeah, you're like, this isn't this. If this isn't grammatically correct, like you can't flag it. Like, yeah, there's, there's no difference. There's no differentiation between like intentional grammatical errors and unintentional ones. Yeah. So like that's that's kind of part. I mean, that gives you an idea of what, what kind of thing it is. It also like will do stuff like um, transition to a different scene, um, like out of nowhere. Like out of nowhere, it'll just like move to like somebody else's perspective, or it'll just like move on to the next thing, or mm-hmm. just like a vignette from really hard to follow. Like it's like even just like if if you read for ten minutes, um, you're scratching your head at the end of ten minutes to even just piece together what went on. But it's super enjoyable nonetheless. Um, it takes place in London during the tail end of World War Two. When they were London was like getting bombed all throughout World War Two by the uh, Axis powers, and so it's a book about war, but it's not like war front lines, you know, fighting stuff like that. It's war taking is place just like in, it's the setting. Well, the, the setting is urban. It's like it's all these people that are involved with military or intelligence agencies at various levels. Uh-huh. But they're all in London. Um, Interesting. Where bombs are dropping every day, and that's kind of like yeah. a big part of the book. Really, you could write a you could write a normal book about that, and that would be interesting. You don't need to write this weird, ununderstandable thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a really interesting novel about that idea in the book. If you just kind of like trim off the edges. Mm-hmm. What are you getting out of like the absurd way that it's written, if anything? It's it's the challenge, you know. It's just like yeah, okay. reading something that's really crazy, and um, it's a kind of book. It's like Infinite Jest, and in, where like if you read Infinite Jest, um, there's like like I have this page here mm-hmm. that uh, I don't know what this one is. This one's like a chronological like timeline of the events in the book. And, and so for books like this, like you're recommended to have um, material to assist you while you read. Interesting. Okay. And so it's kind of one of the, and it's cool to do, to do that. Like have a book where you need to be yeah, checking in. and It's like a, it's like the little map that comes in your video game box. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a much more actively engaging experience than just a book that you go from front to back with. Right. Cross media. Multimedia experience. And I'm like, I'm listening to this podcast while I'm reading it, like this companion podcast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You listen to it while you read? No, no, no. Like, uh, like after, um, I read whatever sections the episode covers. And then I'll okay. like listen to the thing, and I'll go back and forth. What a cacophony of stuff that would be! Like you reading this nonsensical page, 
like while listening to audio that is completely different but on the same subject at the same exact time yeah 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 Nope, I can't hear you anymore. I'm getting the book. I'm getting the book. And I'm back. And I'm back. Okay. I was going to read something to you, but I changed my mind. But ah, just look at this fucking thing. (laughs) That's cool, man. I'm really glad that that's pumping your gas. Pumping my gas. So it's pumping my gas. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, oh, I know what it is. I just started playing a Bioshock. <clears throat> oh, the original cool. This would be a replay for you, huh? Yeah. Now, Someone... I, I need to ask you about this because you recommended this whole series to me and I yes. wanted to play it. And I yes. have like one of them. But I'm I I was gonna start it, but then I'm like, is this one of those series where I really should start from the beginning? Yes. Bioshock One. Yes, but it's story. But Bioshock One is like, it's so oh. much fun. Like it's uh-huh. not like a game that you need to play for the story alone. Like uh-huh. it is it is very fun, and it will introduce you to the mechanics that like carry through to the next game. So you get uh-huh. a double dose of like great. Um, multi-game mechanics and a story nice but if you want to start it's, playing but it, f- it's old though is, is it good i mean or is it like so old that like no it's good I, I, was, I was a little skeptical i'm like it's a game that came out in um like 2010 or something like that maybe a little yeah that i think right? it's i think it's it's great um it's a shooter so it's not like innovative in that way, mm-hmm. um, and maybe compared to like I don't know more modern like sci-fi stuff, it wouldn't be like as impressive. But you get these like cool um, like sci-fi power-ups that make it not just a shooter, uh-huh. and like all of the like art direction in it is just super fun to look at, music and everything. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a fun I think it's a fun game in addition to being like a very pretty and in like intriguing game. Okay, I'll try that. And if you start playing the first one, you'll be playing pretty close to me, so we could talk about it. Ooh. Cuz I just started like last night. Uh-huh. So you got some time. And so that's there's the main... a lot of games to that. A lot Are of you games. planning out a lot of games in the BioShock? series there's just three only three at least in the main ones there might be other uh-huh. spin-off things that i'm not aware of but yeah there's it's i think a trilogy. I, I think i think the only one i have in my library right now might be a spin-off one i'm, I'm not sure okay well just look up bioshock remastered on steam uh-huh. and then bioshock infinite that's the first and third game the uh the middle one, Bioshock 2, it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, and it's, like, uh, objectively not as fun of a game. So, you think I should just skip it? Yeah, I would. You wouldn't really gain... You can play it if you want to, but I gained nothing from it. It was, like, huh. a wasted 10 hours of my life. 
as far as I'm concerned. Um, which one did you just say? I have Bioshock Infinite. That's the third one. That's the third one. Okay. Yep. Good. Good. And then Bioshock Remastered. You should be able to buy on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was about to like start this one, but then I I figured I'd um, look yeah, into just pl- it somewhere. Just play the first one. Like you'll enjoy it, and then like the gameplay only gets better on the next on the next game. Right. Hold up here while I uh, go through the Steam purchase. For Twenty bucks? Fuck that! I'm just gonna add to my wish list. Yeah, that's fine. At least we're consistent. Now what? Uh, let's look at the outline. I don't really feel like I need. We need to do anything else for the, the pod. No. I feel like we can just. No, I, I think but, it can. I think it could just end. Yeah. We could do our outro. Usually, and, it would have been ratings. Like, which we Is already it, did. It like. It almost always ends on ratings, and we already did them. So, for the editing, it can basically just end anywhere. Yeah, that's like, just like the movie. Feels like a yeah. Be an homage. <laughs> that that to would be very. That'd be very fitting, actually, if that was in in the edit, where it just mm-hmm. kind of like ended on a beat you did not expect. Yeah. Uh, so we can do the outro and shoot the shit. Thanks for listening this week. Our music is by the Notorious W. Mm, look him up at, at underscore W on Instagram. That's underscore the word double in two U's. Editing this week is done by Raul Flores. I purposely took this bullet so I could force you to edit the podcast this week. No. Wherever you're listening, give us a good rating. Connect with us at, at @filmholepod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok now. We're just called Film and TikTok. On TikTok. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. See you next and week. And see you next week. Special thanks to me.